The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in His kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Ecclesia, it is so good to be with you this morning. We pray that you are safe and that you are well and that you are feeling the presence of God with you. Allow me to pray with you before we begin the rest of our gathering. Heavenly Father, I pray for each and every one of the Ecclesians watching this, whether they're watching from their backyard, from their couch, or even from their bed, God. I pray that they would be feeling your presence, God, that you would open their minds and their ears to hear your words, God. I pray peace and love and joy over them. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray, amen.
you now to continue in worship as we bring our offering. Please join me in this offertory prayer. God, our provider and sustainer, 
you bind all of creation together, every molecule a gift from your hand. The life and love of Jesus display the power of generosity. Two fish and five loaves magnified to feed thousands. We give because we belong to you and to one another. We give trusting that you will use these gifts to do what none of us can do alone. We open our hands in joy and hope. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello, Ecclesia family. Uh, if we haven't met, I'm Wayne Brown, one of the campus pastors here, and it's my privilege to get to bring you some updates on how we continue to provide care and support for some of the most vulnerable people in our city and beyond. I'm so glad that you got to hear from our brother, Manuel Sanchez, about the work that he and his team is doing to provide outreach and support to some of our homeless brothers and sisters. And you got to see some of that in pictures and hear from him firsthand of some of the amazing stories. So you know that we've been partnering with restaurants and I'm really excited because this past week we partnered specifically with black owned restaurants in our city. We felt like that was a really important move for us given uh, the cultural climate and things that are happening and just something that we find is important and want to do. And we started by partnering with Houston, This Is It Soul Food. And I had the privilege of actually calling and starting that connection. And I talked to a fabulous young woman named Jessica. It's a family owned business. So as we talked, her dad was actually the one who got to bring the food on Sunday to Manuel and his team so that they could then distribute it. And it was a hit. They were such a great uh, team to work with, really great food. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, totally recommend it. Houston, this is it, Soul Food. And then on Tuesday, I was really excited. We got to partner with a restaurant that I used to frequent when I lived in the museum district. It's called Alfreda's Soul Food Kitchen. Now this one was a little bit harder to track down because uh, back in June, the restaurant next to them uh, suffered an explosion. And so this restaurant had some damage and they were actually closed. But I tracked them down and was able to work out uh, that we could do some catering with them. And I talked to Troy, who's the owner. It was such a great conversation. I actually found out that he uh, had some same seminary professors that I did when he went to seminary in Minnesota. Some of the professors I had in Los Angeles taught adjunctly there. So it was a great connection and I'm really so excited about what they got to do uh, on Tuesday to provide some meals. Um, and honestly, if you would like to do some catering, they're still renovating, so they can't uh, take any patrons in store. Uh, but you can email me, wayne at ecclesiahouston.org, and I'd be more than happy to put you in touch with Troy if you'd be interested in doing some catering with them. It's really great food, you'd love it. And then on Thursday, uh, we partnered with one of my favorite restaurants in the city, Onion Creek and Heights. Uh, if you've never been for any of their Migos breakfast tacos, you are missing out. You need to go uh, get that for takeout. Uh, but we were able to partner with them and they provided some uh, barbecue and some potato salad and some uh, salad for our homeless brothers and sisters. And it's been a great experience so far. So those are some restaurants that we love. And we know that if you haven't checked them out, you would love them as well. And it would be such a gift for them to not only 
provide these meals and work uh, for their teams to, to do that, but to also see an uptick in their business if you guys uh, will do some takeout with them. We've got some other restaurants that we're going to be partnering with. And if you would like to give to covering some of those meals, you can do so. And the first step is to email lauren at ecclesiahouston.org and we'll get you the info on how you can continue to participate in that work. As you know, we have been uh, taking contactless donations to help uh, provide care and support and kits to our homeless brothers and sisters. And we're starting to run low on some of those supplies. So if you'd like to make a donation, we're inviting you to do that this week. Uh, on Monday at 1100 Elder, you can do that. And then on Wednesday at our location in at the West Side, you can do that as well. And specifically, we need some, some goods like deodorant, and bug spray. Uh, we need some non-perishable food items like power bars and Gatorade and juice and crackers. Uh, for a full list of donation items, you can go to ecclesiahouston.org slash donations and you can find that. Uh, but we would be honored if you could bring some donations this week at either of those locations and you can do that safely and in a contactless way. And then lastly, we just want to again say thank you for your generosity because it's your generosity that allows all of us to do this amazing work to care for the vulnerable people in our city. And if you want to be a part of that, you can give digitally. Uh, you can do that with a text message. You can text your donation amount to the number 84321, and you can simply and easily uh, make a donation that way. And again, thank you for your generosity, Ecclesia. You continue to blow us away. Ecclesia, this is Pastor Chris, and I'm excited to be able to at least share a few words with you today. I'm at the two-week mark in my COVID journey, and I can tell you, you don't want to get this virus. Um, it's painful and difficult, and uh, the symptoms have a way of, uh, of really getting to your head. I've had some neurological symptoms, a lot of aches, um, intestinal issues. It's not been pleasant at all. Uh, but I'm grateful to hopefully be on the other end. There are a few times in this journey that you start to feel like you're getting better and you think you're out of the woods and then the symptoms come back on you in force. And uh, you'll hear that from a lot of people that have been sick with it. I'm grateful that uh, hopefully I'm, this is coming to an end and I'm gonna be healthy and well. I feel a little bit like uh, this beautiful little girl that uh, has been expressing her frustration. Have you seen this on the internet this week? Now everything in this world has to shut all the way down to nobody has to go anywhere because of their shutdown. The ice cream, the ice cream truck is shut down. And, and the ice and the water truck place is shut down, which is my favorite part because it, because it is my favorite one. What's that? Yeah, it has the gumball one where there's gumballs and there's like blues. Oh, now they have to shut all the way down, and we can't go anywhere. Um, Not even McDonald's, which is my favorite restaurant. <laughs> Nothing, yeah, and I'm actually maybe church, too. We can't go to church. Yeah, and it's just really fun. We're going home church, so that's why we're doing church on the TV, right? Yeah, but, but the real church is Heroes Academy, and you get to get candy and toys, and if you have a big number, you can get two. Wow. Like Play-Doh, candy, and once I got that fish kind, and it's just, I only wanted, I only wanted to have fun with Play-Doh, so I bought it, and now, but 
everything in this world has to be shut down and it's not fair because my demons. I'm sorry. It's a lot, huh? So Ecclesia, maybe you're frustrated whether your favorite restaurant is McDonald's or whether it's Uchi. Um, we all want to get out and be with one another. And I love that this little girl and her family, they want to be at church, right? She also wants the ice cream truck, but she wants to be at church and I want to be at church. And in the meantime, since we can't be, we're grateful that we get to be encouraged by some really profound voices. And this week, our beloved sister, Shauna Nequist is going to share with us. Shauna has been a part of our community for uh, about 15 years. She would come and preach when we were at Taft. Um, we're really grateful for her and for her voice. And in the midst of uh, my journey of not being able to contribute in the same ways, I'm really grateful for a few friends. They're going to lean in with us this summer and share some important messages. Uh, Shauna is uh, a gifted communicator and writer. She has the heart of a pastor. I've told her this from the first time I met her. She just has, she has the heart to care for and love people. We love her husband, Aaron, and her sons, Mac and Henry. Aaron's led worship for us and is a gifted musician who also came out with one of his new liturgies this week that you ought to enjoy at home. It will contribute to more and more worshipful and prayerful time uh, in your spiritual journey this week. So I'm so grateful. Uh, here's our dear sister, Shauna Nequist. Hi, Ecclesia. Uh, my name is Shauna Nequist, and um, if we have not met before, uh, I just want to introduce myself. I have been to Houston and to Ecclesia many, many times, um, not in the past couple years, only because of my schedule, um, but for several years, uh, I came a couple times a year, and your community taught me so much. Uh, I, I have loved every moment that I have spent gathering with your community and um, many of your team members have become good friends over the years. And Chris has been like a big brother, encourager, kind of cheerleader person for me for a long time. Um, I One thing you've probably heard me talk about at Ecclesia is that I'm a very reluctant uh, preacher or pastor. And part of the reason I'm willing to help you and serve you today, part of the reason I really want to, is because there are very few people who have encouraged me more um, as a preacher and as a speaker than Chris has. Um, some of my earliest preaching experiences were at Ecclesia um, and under his guidance. And I'm really thankful for the way that he pushed me and that your community has been a safe space for me to grow and learn um, as a teacher and as a communicator. And so again, uh, even if we haven't met in person, because I haven't been there for a while, Ecclesia has been an important place for me uh, as a learner and as a teacher and as just a fellow Christian and worshiper. Um, your church has been a gift to me in so, so many ways. And to my husband as well. There have been times when he has come with me and also he's been there by himself to lead worship. Um, and so we both send our greetings and all of our love. Um, and it's an, it's an honor to get to talk with you today. There are a handful of churches around the country that have always felt like my church away from home and Ecclesia is definitely one of them. So what I want to talk about today is daily bread what it means to pray, give us this day our daily bread. And there are several reasons that this is a theme. I think every Christian over the course of their life develops a handful of of themes, of, of sort of handholds, especially in difficult times. And if I had to name 
you know, the five or six themes that God has used in my life more than any others. Daily bread is definitely one of them. And one of the reasons for that is really obvious. Um, I'm totally like a food person. I love to eat. I love to eat out. I love to cook. I read cookbooks like novels. Um, when I go to a new city, I want to go to like one museum and 78 restaurants. Um, and I love to bake bread. I'm not great at it, but I like kind of the experiment of it. And of all the things that I love, like I'm not, you know, I could go without ice cream. I could go without like a big steak. Life without bread for me is like a true challenge and loss. The entire gluten-free movement, not my lane. Um, so just on a surface level, I am very much a bread person. So I, I very much resound with the imagery of daily bread. But deeper than that, Several years ago, I had a good friend who went through a horrible season. Um, and it's her story to tell, but the losses in her life were profound and many, and some of them were public. And it just watching her keep going through this awful season was um, very powerful and very painful. And as we talked about it together, we lived in different cities and we would get on the phone sometimes or I'd fly to visit her. Um, and sometimes uh, we would text back and forth and there was a phrase she used. She talks about like there were good days and there were good stretches of time. And then there were some stretches of time that were just daily bread days. And by that, she meant days where she's not looking for like anything amazing to happen. She's not thinking like six years into the future. She's not thinking of... Um, like anything happening at a like really high or beautiful or profound level, she's just thinking, dear God, please get me through this day. You don't have to solve all of my problems. You don't have to heal all of my wounds. You don't have to take away all of my questions. Please get me through till bedtime. That's all I'm asking. Those are daily bread days. And after she had a season of daily bread days, I had my own season of daily bread days where you stop thinking of the big picture and all the things you could do and all the, all the fun parts of life and kind of the enormity of building a whole life and world. And you just think, please, dear God, get me through this actual day. Everything gets really small and really simple and really painful. And you're just saying, please just get me through this day. And there's an aspect of life right now, globally, nationally, where we have been stripped down to our daily bread days. We're not asking for anything spectacular or long range or big. We're just asking, please keep me safe and healthy. Please keep me able to feed my family. Please get me through to the end of this day. These are right now daily bread days. And of course, if you want to take just a step um, deeper underneath that, all of our days are daily bread days, right? All of life. Uh, we are not guaranteed safety or security or happiness. We aren't guaranteed tomorrow or a year from now or 10 years from now. But part of what it means to be human is to fool ourselves into the myth of our own sufficiency and stability and ability. Really, we are always in our daily bread days. And sometimes it takes a situation like this to expose that reality, right? We love the myth 
that we are entirely independent, independent from God, independent from one another, able to meet all of our needs, able to make all of our dreams come true, able to heal all of our wounds. This is stuff we can do for ourselves. But it only takes a couple fundamental changes and we realize we are at the mercy of many, many, many different dynamics. And it's scary. It's scary for me. I love the myth that I'm totally independent and that I can solve everything I need to solve. And I hate when the reality of daily bread is exposed, that I'm dependent every day and that we're interdependent every day. But I believe that that's what's true about our lives. We depend on God every day to get through the day. And we depend on one another. The structures and systems that we build for one another really matter. And they're there to sustain all of us, not just some of us. So I want to take a look at um, some of the, like, the scriptural ideas of daily bread. And you know, it starts in the Old Testament, and then it goes through to the New Testament till Jesus' last night on earth with us before his crucifixion and resurrection. And then I would just want to share with you a couple ideas for what it might mean to cling in a meaningful way to this idea of daily bread. And again, part of the reason I care about it so much is because I struggle with it so much. I don't want just daily bread. I want security forever. I want guarantees upon guarantees. I want to know the answer to this and the answer to that and the answer to the questions I have not even asked yet. I do a terrible job of living in that dependent, humble, daily bread space until I have no other choice. And I've been there in the past, and as a nation, we're sort of there right now. So I just want to talk about what it means to live in a humble, trusting, dependent, daily bread kind of way to get us through this particularly challenging, dark moment in time. So the idea of daily bread first comes uh, to us in Scripture in Exodus 16. Um, God has, uh, he's leading his people, the Israelites, through the wilderness, and they're hungry. And one of the ways that God decides to provide with them, to them is he says, I'm going to give you manna. I'm going to give you bread. When you wake up in the morning, every day there will be bread. But here's the deal. You can only take as much as you need because it's only for one day. And of course, the most human thing in the world, what do they do? They've been so desperate and so hungry and so fearful, and they want to feed themselves, and they want to know that if God's being good, let's gather up all the goodness right now. And so they gather up as much manna as they can for the next day. And what happens to the manna that they didn't eat during the first day is it becomes contaminated and diseased and full of worms and maggots. And isn't that a metaphor for everything we've tried to hoard in our lives? I want security. I want guarantees. I want contracts. I want to make a deal with the universe that if I do this, then it will do this. And unfortunately, that's just not how it works. And God is showing his people, I will provide for you but only the daily bread. Don't hoard what I give you. Don't try to depend on your own storing methods. Keep coming back to me every morning, every morning, every morning, because I'm the one that will sustain you. I'm the one that will provide for you. What he's offering is his daily provision. 
But what he's reminding us of is our daily dependence. And again, we've created worlds upon worlds and systems upon systems that trick us into believing we are not dependent or interdependent. But those are myths, and they're myths that are failing us right now. We are dependent and deeply interdependent. We are given provision just for a day. So that that daily bread theme comes back again in Matthew 6. This is why I was thinking of it, frankly, this week, because my husband put together this new project, and it's amazing. Um, But one of the things, it's a project about kind of a meditation through the Lord's Prayer. So we were were looking at all the different lines of the Lord's Prayer, and he asked me to talk about one of them. And because we're married, I got to pick. He he could let me have first pick of which line I wanted, and then he was going to ask other friends to talk about other lines. And of course, I immediately said, daily bread, that's my, that's my jam, that's my line. Um, because I love bread, and because also I tend to be a person who wants to hoard goodness and security, and I tend to cling really fiercely to the idea that I'm in control, and that the systems will save me, and that I never have to feel actual dependence. I want more goodness and provision than God says he's offering us in a day. And it's really hard for me to just stay in the day. I want to think six weeks ahead and six years ahead and 60 years ahead. The invitation over and over through scripture is please understand yourself as dependent on me, not just in this moment, but perpetually. We are walking through life together, and I want you to meet me every morning so that I can nourish you and nurture you, so that I can provide for you. But I'm not going to give you all of this goodness so that you can store it up and preserve the illusion that you're under control of it. God is telling us, I'm the giver. You're not the giver. It's a hard thing for those of us to, to learn who have had a certain amount of privilege, But there are things that are happening in our culture right now that are peeling back so many things, and we see, again, our dependence and our interdependence. So Matthew 6, give us this day our daily bread. One of the key lines um, from the Lord's Prayer, which is the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. So of all the things that that Jesus is telling us, this is what it means to be like me. This is what it means to be Christ-like. One way to be Christ-like or to pray like Jesus is to ask every day, give us this day our daily bread. Not give me guarantees for a future no one can predict. Not give me everything I'll need forever. Just today, provision and presence, daily bread. And then interestingly, Jesus takes it even further instead of talking about giving us this daily bread. In John 6, he says, I am the bread of life. So he's saying, I don't just give it to you. I am the bread. I am what nurtures you. I am what sustains you. And then, of course, the Last Supper, the last night of his life, as he's telling the disciples, kind of, it's like that last conversation. It's like when you leave your kids with a babysitter, and right as you're walking out the door, you think of like 15 things you forgot to tell the sitter, like, oh, also this. Oh, wait a minute, also this. Okay, in case this happens, all this. There's there's an aspect of this last night with his disciples where he's like, oh, another thing I forgot to tell you. Wait a minute, another piece of information you're really going to need. Wait a minute, three more things I just want to make sure you've got um, that you can hold with you after I'm gone. And one of the things he does is he feeds them. He serves them bread and wine. And he says, this is my body broken for you. So again, not the bread is what I provided. The bread is me. 
the body that I sacrificed for you. So we can see kind of the biblical story, the through line of bread is getting deeper and deeper and deeper. It's provision. And now it's the provision and the presence of Christ. And it's the presence given by his sacrifice. And and, and it all culminates in this bread and wine tradition that then he's encouraged his disciples to continue all the way through history and that we still do today. I love that an image that became significant all those years ago was drawing on the significance of something else all those years ago. And now is something that we still now in our daily lives participate in. Every time I take communion or experience the Eucharist and whatever that looks like in your particular tradition, I think about what it means to be nourished, to be provided for, and not just to be provided for, but the one who is providing is the one who sacrificed on my behalf. I think that's very profound. Jesus nourishes us with his own body and offers us an ongoing sense of his own presence. Daily bread is about provision and presence, and it's about understanding dependence on a daily, humble, every single morning, a little bit more need and a little bit more provision kind of way. So what I want to encourage you to do as a community is to practice dependence, practice receiving the good gift of daily bread. Not more than you need, but absolutely everything you need. But sometimes it'll feel like you're running on empty. And sometimes you'll have to ask for it seven times a day and bedtime will feel really far away. I know those days. I've had those days. I've had those seasons. I've had those years. And then practice interdependence. Part of receiving daily bread means offering it to the people in your life who also need daily bread. Part of what it means to be a Christian is to receive the goodness from Christ and offer it to the people in your life who need to be nourished in the same way that you do. Practice dependence and interdependence every day in big and small ways. That's my prayer for your community, that in these incredibly difficult days, when you fear for your safety and your health, for the safety and health of your children and your parents and your neighbors, that you would begin each day in a spirit of dependence, that you allow yourself to be nurtured and nourished by the God who has been feeding and providing for his people all through history, from the wilderness in Exodus, to the Lord's Prayer, to the Last Supper, to the moment when he said, I am the bread of life all through history. The God who made all of us has been caring for his people every day, has been giving them just the sustenance and nourishment that they need to make it through that day. And we right now are no different. And so Ecclesia, that's my prayer for you, that you would dwell deeply in your dependence knowing that you've been created by a God who loves you, who sustains you, and who gives you every single day your daily bread. And then my second prayer for you is that you would share the nourishment and provision that you've been given, that you would share the presence of Christ as he has shared it with you, that you would be the hands and feet of a holy God in a city that needs it that you would offer your presence and your provision to every person that you encounter who has a need for nourishment. 
You are not alone. You are uh, prayed for by our family and by our church community. We love you. We see you. And we pray for your health and safety and healing in every way. Go in peace. Ecclesia, as we come now to the communion table, will you join me in this communion liturgy together? I'll lead as the celebrant, and you can respond as the people. The table is set all around us. It is the table of company with Jesus and all who love him. It is the table of sharing with the poor of the world with whom Jesus identified himself. It is the table of communion with the earth in which Christ became incarnate. So come then to this table, you who have much faith and you who would like to have more, you who have been here often and you who have not been for a long time, you who have tried to follow Jesus and you who have failed, come. It is Christ who invites us to meet him here. All together, loving God, through your goodness, we have this feast, which has come forth from the earth and human hands have made. May we know your presence in the sharing so that we may know your touch and presence in all things. We celebrate the life that Jesus has shared among his community through the centuries and shares with us now. Made one in Christ and one with each other, we offer these gifts and with them ourselves a single living act of praise. Amen. Ecclesia, we do this every week because we are forgetful people and we need to remember Jesus and we need to tell his story again and again and again. And so with whatever elements you have gathered, uh, today I've got a, a tortilla and some grape juice. Uh, at our house recently, we've been using elderberry syrup for communion, whatever you have gathered. Uh, and there'll be time in just a minute for you to go get, get something if you don't have it uh, when the song plays. But with whatever you have gathered, let's join and feast together. Uh, and we remember Jesus, how the night before he went to the cross, he gathered with his friends and his disciples and they ate the Passover meal together. And in the course of that meal, Jesus took bread and he blessed God. He said, blessed are you, Lord of the universe, who gives us grain from the earth. And he broke the bread and he offered it to his friends. And he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Whenever you eat this, do this in remembrance of me. And then they ate the meal and he took a cup of wine and again he blessed God. He said, blessed are you, Lord of the universe, who gives us the fruit of the vine. And then he offered the cup to his friends and he said something new. He said, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for all for the forgiveness of your sins. So whenever you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. So this act of remembrance, it's, it's a looking back. We remember Jesus and his life and his teachings and his death and his resurrection and his ascension, all of which are acts of love on our behalf. But this remembrance is also a looking forward and an anticipation where we, we anticipate this, the day where we will feast eternally with our God, where we will be together truly in, in our bodies uh, with our Lord, not separated. There will be no disease. There will be no viruses. There will be no isolation and depression and struggles. Uh, we will get to feast eternally with our God. So with whatever you have before you, Ecclesia, this day, Lord, may these elements be for us a taste of heaven. May they be for us a taste of our unity and our place at your table as your beloved daughters and sons. We pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ecclesia, this is the body of Christ broken for you. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. Let us take and feast and celebrate together. Amen.
soul has found its resting place in a search no more. Oh, my soul has found its resting place in a search I search no more Even my darkness is light to you Even my darkness it is light to you From the deepest of depths to the stars up above there is no place I can escape your steadfast love And it's hard to believe it But you say that it's true Even my darkness, it is light to you My hope now is anchor safe in your rock it holds Oh my soul Now is anchored safe In your rock Your rock it holds Even my darkness is light Deepest of depths to the stars up above. There is no place I can escape your steadfast love. And it's hard to believe it, but you say that it's true. Even my darkness, it is light to you.
darkness it is light It's that special time in our service where we get to say a prayer of blessing over our children. So would you gather around, um, gather your kids to the room, Eden and Adele, I picture them right next to me and my friends out there. Um, let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for the gift of these children in our lives. I thank you for the joy and the difficulty and every day that we get to be together. Thank you for health and I pray for those who need restored and uh, rejuvenated bodies. And I pray that every day we would live for you, that we would be generous and kind and that these children would grow to be better humans for having known you and for having been in this community. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Ecclesia, thank you for gathering with us today for worship. As I read the words of our benediction from John Bailey, I pray that your soul would receive these words and that you would live them. Grant, O Heavenly Father, that the spiritual refreshment we have this day enjoyed may not be left behind and forgotten as we return to the cycle of common tasks. Here is a fountain of inward strength. Here is a purifying wing that must blow through all our business and all our pleasures. Here's a light to enlighten our road. Therefore, God, enable us to discipline our will that in hours of stress, we may honestly seek after those things for which we have prayed in hours of peace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, amen. Ecclesia, go in peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.